Hey y'all, Nikki from the future here. Before we get started with this last episode of Sweet Tea and TV Season 3, we wanted to let you know that we had a technical issue with this week's episode. A huge shout out to my husband and the people of the internet for finding a fix so that we didn't lose everything. But unfortunately, the audio does get splotchy in a couple of places. It's super intermittent and it should only last a little bit. But if you hear anything weird, that's what's up. Thanks for your patience. And as always, thank you for listening. Enjoy. special episode. We're calling it Oh Captain, My Captain, Ron, where Selena watches one of my all-time favorite movies, Captain Ron. Are and you excited? the crowd goes wild. <laughs> She's excited. So throughout the season um, of Sweet Tea and TV, this season and previous seasons, we circle around things as we're talking that we find out the other one hasn't seen before or hasn't seen in a long time or just like sort of cultural touchstones for each one of us that the other one might not have the same experience. So this season we had a couple that ended up on our list, um, Thelma and Louise, Doc Hollywood, and Captain Ron. And after polling the audience, I, I think it was the very fair vote in my opinion, mm -hmm. we put it out there to the people and the people spoke. Chose Captain Ron. Mm -hmm. Do you think it was a fair vote? Somewhere in my notes, I have Nikki. You've seen I've seen three times as many movies as you as you. I'm sure of it <laughs> because I'm an only child. That's what we do. Okay, lots of alone time, and yet somehow I've been Jedi mind tricked into doing the last two movie reviews. It's not a mind trick. We let the people vote on this one. This was not even. No. We made this one fair. No Machiavelli. When you really trick someone, you lay the seeds early. You sow them early. You know what I'm saying? So you suggest the poll. You knew what you were doing. You're a very intelligent being. I know. And yet somehow you knew. Might I suggest a song called Mastermind by Taylor Swift? Listen to that and then tell me what you think. Anywho, fairsies and squaresies. <laughs> fair, fair and square. We polled the people. Yes. Uh, I did vote on Instagram stories because it popped <laughs> up. So I voted. But even after removing my vote, fairsies and squaresies. It still was the winner. It was still the clear the clear winner. The decisive victor yes. was Captain Ron. This is what the people want, Selena. We are just right. giving the people what they want. That's right. That's all it is. So I've seen this movie. It. I've seen this movie probably more than a uh, like more than a hundred times. Probably. Did you watch it again for this? I did. Okay, about three quarters of the way through. I didn't get time to finish it completely, but I could relive it for you if you wanted right now. I've seen it a million we'll times. See. We had it on. Um, what is that called? The predecessor to CD. I mean, to DVDs. The big giant laser ones. disc. Laser disc. We had it on laser disc. I had it on the VHS. The fact that you had a laser disc player is like the most. <laughs> Shocking thing of all. It's I thought thing, only no. schools had them. It's a thing. Oh, I think my stepdad won it through a radio contest. Oh, okay. So we had it and a few other laser discs. Um, gotcha. It was a superior product, I'm told. Ah, uh, I don't know. Maybe. So I'm told. Uh. I don't. I don't really have super clear memories, except we only had certain movies on it. So we had certain movies there, certain movies on VHS, and you just had to remember which one you had and get the player right. Sure. And there was always a billion buttons to push because you had to make sure the sound was coming out of the TV and that it was set on the right aux, and it was just more more than I can do. But we had it, and so mm -hmm. I've seen it a billion times. 
So Good. You'll be our resident expert then. I, I am a Captain Ron expert. I'm, I'm happy to, to frame myself as that, and I feel confident. I don't own very many things about myself, but I will own that I am an expert in Captain Ron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for better or for worse. So let's find out. Does this 30-year-old box office flop turned cult classic stand the test of time? Did it make Selena giggle once or twice, or did it Howard the Duck her? Only time will tell. Let's get into it. So we get a little bit of an overview first for the people who haven't seen it and mm -hmm. maybe aren't watching along quite yet. Um, I have two descriptions I'm going to share in the vein of Selena. I'm going to share an IMDb description. And because I felt like it was fraught with judgment, I wrote my own description. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. A Chicagoan, in, this is IMDb's, mm. a Chicagoan inherits an old yacht. He, his wife, daughter, and son fly to a Caribbean island and hire a dubious Captain Ron to sail them on an adventure to Miami. I felt like that dubious word cast a little more judgment on Captain Ron than I was comfortable with. He's not dubious. He's colorful. Oh. He's quirky. Right. He's a man of the world. He's Kurt Russell. He's Kurt Russell. That's really what it boils down to. Right? I think that's right. So my description is, a middle-aged man is lured from wintry Chicago to the tropical Caribbean in hopes of reliving amazing childhood memories on a yacht he inherits upon his uncle's death. A sketchy yacht broker sends out local Captain Ron to help the man and his family find their way to Miami. Mishap, madcap, mayhem, and hilarity ensues. I don't know. That first one was really special. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I didn't like how they didn't call out the yacht broker. I feel like he really is the villain in all of this. And instead, they focused on the dubiousness of Captain Ron mm. instead of the quirky colorfulness. I just didn't like it. Yeah. He's not dubious. You. Take the reins. He's not dubious. Uh, either way, anyway, anyway, you slice it, the movie starts in Chicago, where we learn that Martin Harvey has inherited a boat from his uncle and is now trying to convince his wife that the family should go to El Carib and skipper the boat from the small island it's on, San Palm de, de Terre, to Miami, where they can sell it for a half a million dollars. She's against it, but when his daughter comes home with some big news, they jet off. When they get to the Caribbean, the boat is not nearly in the shape they expected, and when the yacht broker in Miami finds this out, he writes the family off and asks his assistant to send whoever she can find to help them get the boat to Miami. Cue Captain Ron. He's one-eyed, has a lot of weird, worrying anecdotes, like he once sank his boss's boat off some big reef in Australia, a.k.a. the Great Barrier Reef, and he gets the family into a lot of trouble. Certainly not on his own, though, because Martin and Catherine don't always help the situation, mm. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, the family gets robbed by pirates and set, set adrift without the captain. They float into Cuba, which at the time this movie takes place was not nearly, uh, was not a particularly friendly place for Americans. They rescue Captain Ron from captivity and they sail off for Miami. However, when they arrive, they figure their adventure isn't quite over. And while Captain Ron departs their lives physically, he remains in their hearts and souls forever. As they sail off again. I thought it was a feel-good ending. Yeah. I think, I think that's uh, very accurate. <laughs> it's incredibly thorough. <laughs> I told you I could replay the movie Oh, well, that right too. Now. But, like, just also <laughs> that it was uh, a feel-good ending, I think. It really was. Very accurate. Yeah. For sure. So I thought next, um, kind of doing the background of the movie, we could do a deep dive into the cast. Okay. Um, because I think there are some familiar faces. Like, if you're an elder millennial, I feel like some of this cast was familiar to you. And if it wasn't, when I explain who they are, I think it will be a little more familiar to you. Um, so we're going to start with Catherine Harvey. She is the wife in the movie, and she's played by Mary Kay Place. Um, Mary Kay Place was in Private Benjamin, which we discussed in the finale finale Patreon-exclusive Extra Sugar, because I confused that movie for Troop Beverly Hills. Oh, okay. 
connecting dots. Mm. A lot of folks might also recognize her as Pearl Smooter in Sweet Home Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, Reese's mom. Reese Witherspoon's mom. Just uh, saying that's a lot. That's a lot easier. No, to... she was the husband's mom. The ex-husband's mom. That's Jean Smart. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're right. Sorry. You're right. Yeah. Reese's mom. But, hey, connections. It's all the same. Look at that. There's, there's one more connection mm-hmm. to Sweet Tea and TV. Um, the reason, actually, that we brought Captain Ron up at some point during this season is I because... I was wondering if you are going to remind me. <laughs> she's friends with Linda Bloodworth Thomason, and they co-wrote on MASH together. Mm-hmm. Um, so... All roads lead back to Linda Bloodworth Thomason and Sweet Tea and TV. That's true. All of them. She's 75 years old today, and she's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Next up, we have Caroline Harvey, who is the daughter. Um, that's played by Meadow Sisto. She had a few film and TV roles through the 90s and early aughts, but she's probably best known for this role. Wikipedia said that, not me. I didn't. Re- I couldn't recognize her because um, uh, the the high school p- movie that was really popular that she did um, had Jennifer Love Hewitt. Can't hardly wait. Yeah, thank you. Another she's, movie I've seen fourteen billion times. Yeah, so she's in that, and like I could not place her. Even when I looked up her picture, I couldn't remember her part in the movie. So. She plays the hippie chick. <laughs> Might be time for me to revisit this movie. <laughs> but the the uh, another touch point for Meadow Sisto is that her brother is Jeremy Sisto and he played the rich guy um, who's really into share in Clueless. His name is Elton. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because like when I saw Sisto, I was like, wait a second. Mm. (laughs) Like it's not exactly a popular name. So I went and I was like, oh, it's his sister. Yeah. This is obviously not about him, but he's also been other stuff like um, Six Feet Under and Law and Order. Um, Meadow is 50 years old today, and she's originally from Grass Valley, California, um, but she calls Portland, Oregon home. Next up is Benjamin Harvey. He's played by Benjamin Salisbury. Um, He is 42 today and originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, This movie is obviously a major touchstone for me when I think about his career, but some other people might recognize him as Brighton Sheffield from The Nanny. But yeah. he's so cute in that show. Yeah, I did, but they don't. He doesn't look the same to me. Like even as oh, bright, really? like I didn't connect it. I was like, he looks oh. really familiar, and then I was like, oh, that's him. Why does mm. he look so different? Interesting. Yeah, which is doesn't really make any sense. I might be thinking about older Brighton. Oh, and so since he was like a Younger. little kid, yeah, yeah maybe. Just, doo, doo, doo. Did you recognize him from D three, The Mighty Ducks? I don't think I was in on D three. Shut up, really. Just the first and the second one. D3 is the one they go to the private school. It's mm-hmm. it's like Mighty Ducks is a series where I would die on the hill that it gets better each movie. Mm-hmm. I love the original. Mm-hmm. D3 is probably my favorite. Oh, man, I missed out. Uh, this is cool. Since 2017, Benjamin has been Universal Studios Hollywood's director of operations. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Wow. Isn't that like a cool and stressful job? Yeah, that does sound stressful. And it sounds perfect for a kid who, like, grew up in movies, but maybe, probably, I guess, at some point, either fell out of love with movies, or maybe the movies fell out of love with him. Sure. It's hard to know for sure. That's a pretty cool job. Yeah. So I actually, in my original list, had preserved this next one for last, because to me, Kurt Russell is a high point, just in life, in general. Um, But we reordered a little bit, because you have some things you wanted to share about Martin Short, so we'll talk about Kurt Russell next. Um, I mean, I just think he's such a treasure. He's yeah, just so wonderful. Sure. Um, he was born in 1951, making him about 72 today. I had to do quite a bit of math to get there because IMDb, I think it was, said he was 73. 
And I was like, that's not possible if he was born in 1951. I'm not good with math, but something was off with their number. So I had to do my own math. And I think where I figured out where his birthday falls and where this episode will air, let's just say he's about 72. Okay. Uh, he was born in Springfield, Massachusetts, and he started acting at 12 years old. Um, one of my favorite movies, Overboard, from 1987. Love Overboard. Yeah, such a good movie. So it, it just didn't get the credit that it deserved, you know? It, I, I guess. I guess. In my family, it's always been a classic. But, you know, well, I'm starting to wonder because well, Captain Ron also was. Well. <laughs> but that movie placed him opposite opposite his longtime in real life partner, Goldie Hawn. Um, and I think I think people know him from Overboard or would at least recognize that movie. But he was also the voice. And I did not piece this together till I was doing this. He was a voice in um, The Fox and the Hound, that really depressing Disney movie from the early 80s. I'm assuming like a kid version of The Fox or the Hound, like the baby version. It was Well, the movie is from the early 80s. So I don't know that he would have been a kid. Oh, I didn't. I thought it was older than that. Hmm. We'll OK, her, we'll let her Google. Who was he? I didn't write it down. Oh, okay. Oh, it's been a long time since I've seen The Fox and the Hound because it's so depressing. Fair enough. Uh, my husband loved him in Big Trouble in Little China from 1986. Right. You talk about Overboard. I'm like, I feel like people probably are going to recognize that more or like um, like some of his action movies a little bit more. Which is so weird because I don't know that I've ever seen all of Big Trouble in Little China. I think he turned it on one time. Parts and I was of like, it, yeah. Uh, Maybe not for me. Kind of a weird movie. I also didn't realize until I was putting this together that he was Elvis in Forrest Gump. Mm. Maybe I knew it at some point in time, but like if you asked me for Kurt Russell's filmography, Elvis in Forrest Gump would not have been something that would have even popped on my radar. Mm-mm. Interesting. It's not, I mean, it's not a huge credit, but Forrest Gump was a really big deal. So Huge movie. Uh, more recently, he's been in places like the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie. He and Goldie Hawn are known for having one of the most beautiful Hollywood romances. They've been together since about 1983. And although they've never married, her children from a previous marriage, Kate and Oliver Hudson, consider him dad. Um, and Han and Russell did have one son together named Wyatt Russell, who's a hockey player, or was. Hmm. I think he may be an actor now. Also Tombstone. Tombstone, yeah. Okay. I, I know you're not, you're not in on Tombstone, but I'm not, I don't even really like that genre of movies, but there are like three that I feel like everyone should have to see. Tombstone is one of them. Unforgiven is another. I actually don't have a third. It's just those two. <laughs> And D, <laughs> Captain Ron. That is in my head all the time now. I'm like, one, two, D. <sighs> okay. So then we have Martin Shorts. <sighs> I'm sorry. I did not mean to eclipse Kurt Russell. Let me be very clear that I also think that Kurt Russell, Russell, <laughs> Russell is a treasure. And I really enjoy him in like everything I ever see him in. Okay. Um, but Martin Short will always have a place in my heart. Because of Jungle to Jungle? I don't think that's why. I just love him. I just think he has the most beautiful energy. And, like, um, and we'll talk about it. But, like, I think that, like, he just, um, he does not have a tarnished reputation. Like, so many people, (laughs) anything could happen. (laughs) Um, But, no, like, I mean, there's so many people that, like, I've looked up to over the years or, like, been like, oh, I just really enjoy them as an entertainer. And then you hear these things that just, like, blow your mind. And it's hard to look at them the same, in quite the same light. 
balancing that with the fact that we are talking about human beings <laughs> that like have real lives and do real things and I, they shouldn't be expected to be perfect. That's ridiculous. But anyways, Short has um, really had quite the resurgence in the last couple of years with only murders in the building. I think you've watched some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, starring his his bestie, Steve Martin and Selena Gomez. But we're talking about someone who's a comedian, a writer, an actor, a singer apparently, which is something I didn't know, whose showbiz career spans 50 years. Um, I mean, he's been around a long time. He's an alum of Second City in Toronto and SNL as well as beloved movies such as Three Amigos, Father the bride, a personal favorite of mine, and of course, Captain Jungle to Jungle. Ron. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm really getting an idea of your movie library. Um, you know, he had his own syndicated talk show. He's nominated for a Tony for his work on Broadway and published a memoir in 20, in 2014. So, I mean, he just has like a really expansive filmography, stageography, all of those words that I don't know. Like, he's just, he's done it all. He's an entertainer. He, so, yeah. Consummate entertainer. A consummate entertainer. Beautifully put. So I assembled what I just thought were some really fun facts um, to share about him. So um, you had mentioned kind of this uh, bio sketch of some of our other stars. He was born in Canada. He was born there in 1950, so him and Kurt Russell are almost the same age. Canada must love him as much as many Americans do because he actually had... Uh, they minted a coin in his honor back in 2013, which is kind of cool. Um, his dad was a stowaway from Ireland, and he was actually deported from Texas after arriving, and that's how they settled in Canada. So when oh. the U.S. didn't work out, zip, zip, boop, and they worked it that way. I don't know. Is this what dreams are made <laughs> Also, this is half-ass internet research. <laughs> His first love was Gilda Radner. They were together off and on for two years in the early 70s. He graduated McMaster College in Ontario with a degree in social work. Other McMaster graduates, I think you'll appreciate this, include Eugene Levy, John Candy, and Dave Thomas. Short and two of his closest friends. I don't This is, this is so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Thomas, the Wendy's Not guy? Not Wendy's guy. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I almost said not the Wendy's guy. Um, he is a comedian, and if I pulled up his picture, you would recognize him. Um, so uh, we'll see. About that. That. We'll see about that. Well, while you're doing your googling, don't don't miss out on this tidbit. So uh, Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Tom Hanks gather at Martin's house every two years to enjoy some poker, movies, and laxatives. During what Short calls colonoscopy eve, the group avoids solid foods thanks to a nicely catered feast of jello and takes turns going to the bathroom. Look. That's delightful. Thank you. I'm so glad that's your reaction because I don't know if this is real or not, but I literally can't imagine how funny this room is if it's true, and I would love to be there. So many good poop jokes, I feel like. I would get a colonoscopy just, just I'm not, to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm shy. I don't have to be there yet. Like, I'm shy of the age needed for right. a colonoscopy. I'm also shy, but um, also... Of that You're not excited to stick your hindquarters up on a table and have them stick a camera in? Let me tell you something. To spend some time with those three... Would be worth it. Bring it on. Totally worth it. Yeah. So, um, anyways, and maybe it's something that we should keep in mind for future years. They they might have something. They might have something together. I don't know. I don't know. Um, So... He's known for being one of the kindest humans to ever work in show business, despite going through some really tough losses. 
I'm not trying to bring it down, but I just want to show that, like, there's some level of resilience or something with this guy. Um, his brother died when he was 12. Both of his parents had passed by the time he was 20, and his wife died after a long battle with cancer in 2010. So as Rita Wilson put it, he isn't the best person at something. He's just the best person. Aww, period. That's nice. And that is Martin Short. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Goodbye. Thank you, Martin Short. You and Kurt Russell together are national treasures. It's true. I would say throw in Mary Kay Place and Benjamin Harvey and Meadow Sisto, and you've got what I would call an all-star cast. Regrettably, the rest of the world didn't agree with me. This movie was not fully appreciated on its first outing. Its budget was $24 million and it grossed about $22.5 million. It was pretty much panned by critics, scoring 26% on Rotten Tomatoes based on 23 reviews. However... I found more than a few references to the cult following and resurgence in popularity that it's experienced over the years. I expect to see Disney get a hold of this at some point. I I wouldn't be surprised. This was a Disney movie mm-hmm. originally. Touchstone. Well, it it was originally intended to be Disney branded. Yes. And then there were just like underage drinking, and there were some references they were uncomfortable with, so they moved it to Touchstone. Yeah. Oh, they brought this back. I'd lose my mind. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. They're, Kurt they're Russell would still look everything. amazing. Kurt Russell would still look great. And yeah. I'm pretty, yeah, that, that would be great. Um, sailors really love this movie. And mm-hmm. I found a bunch of like random, and I think I referenced one later, a bunch of like random sailor news outlets. Does that mean it's accurate? They just felt like the, <laughs> the sailing was very accurate? Bear with me, because okay. I think I mentioned that later. But okay. yes. Yes, I think this this tracks with people's um, experiences. Hmm. Uh, And then the last thing I wanted to do in this section is some, like, trivia. And I know you looked up some, too. So this is – I'm umbrellaing this category as trivia, fun facts, and random observations. Yeah, let's see what you don't – I – you are – you I are on no cloud chill. nine right now, and <laughs> I, I don't want to take that from you. So I've got a list of things, but w- let's let you really uh, get this uh, ship sailing um, as it were. And then, like, if any of if, – if you didn't catch anything that I caught, I'll pipe in. How's okay. that sound? Okay. So, uh, like I said, I've seen this movie a billion times, but when I looked on IMDb, they had some, like, random trivia things that I never noticed before or mm. never caught on to. So – For trivia, both of the cars that Captain Ron drives in the movie are missing a headlight on the same side as his missing eye. What an amazing attention to detail. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. That's, uh, yeah, amazing attention to detail. Little thought. Much of Captain Ron's personal wardrobe came from Kurt Russell's closet, and many of Ron's mannerisms, including wearing the Speedo, Wearing the Speedo, the pirate-like raspy voice, uh, were all suggested by Russell. His only objection was his encouragement of underage drinking, but he was persuaded when they told him it would fit the character. So that's when he gets Ben to drink beer. He says, you're not going to touch my beer, but you can go get your own. I was a little surprised by that, that he was so off-put by the underage drinking. Oh, I don't know why, but like I know, maybe it's because I know some of the movies he's been in. Oh. And I'm like, that's your objection? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I wonder where his kids' ages fell at the time that he was recording this. Based on one of my movie trivia, I would say youngish. Yeah. I wonder if that's a different lens from some of the other movies he had done. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably. Uh, he introduces himself as Ron Rico at the beginning of the movie, which is a brand of rum. Uh, and I think an intentional uh, nod to alcohol. 
can I add something in right then? So, because I saw that one too. And actually, for me, I was wondering if it was a hat tip to the fact that maybe there really isn't a Captain Ron. Like, we don't really know based on the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. You know? So, yeah. I think, like, you know, like, as if his name had been um, Jose Cuervo. It was his name <laughs> you for know? this, um, for this version of himself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the script was written in mind for Chevy Chase to play Martin. Billy Crystal, Steve Martin, John Ritter, John Candy, and Richard Dreyfus were all considered for Martin as well. Say all those names again. Uh, so it was originally written for Chevy Chase. Okay. Billy Crystal, yep. Steve Martin, mm -hmm. John Ritter, mm -hmm. John Candy, mm -hmm. and Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. Oh, you know what? They gave him What About Bob? Yeah. The straight man and whatever. <laughs> they were like, here you go. That yeah. was the only one I didn't have in mind. Can I ask you a question? Because when I ran across that trivia, I was wondering, um, could you see any of these other actors as Martin Short's part? Um, or would you like to see? Could you, would you, should you? I love Chevy Chase. Mm -hmm. I don't think this was the role for him. Mm-hmm. Uh... Steve Martin, maybe. May this is a, that's a hard, that's a good question. It's a hard one for me because it, it's, I, I've seen this movie. I know who's in it and it's hard for me to picture anyone else because that's his role. I think Steve Martin could have really nailed it. Yeah. Um, he has like a, a certain level of anxiety that he brings to a role yeah. that I think would have worked here because that was like the whole shebang of this movie right you have this guy who's overlooked and unseen and maybe like just caught at that time of your life where you feel like you're just going through the motions you know mm -hmm. um and I do think he's supposed to be an anxious character I'm mm -hmm. actually not sure that Martin Short brings that anxiety to the character and then on the flip side at the end you've got this guy who's ready for adventure mm -hmm. like he finally finds his footing his confidence and all of that and, um, and there's something about when, especially if I think about like Steve Martin in like a parenthood role mm -hmm. that I feel like he could have brought that energy really well. Not that I'm saying he should have, and that it shouldn't have been Martin Short, just saying that's the one that stuck out in that crowd for me. I think I agree with you. I think the flip question is, could you imagine Kurt Russell playing that character, Martin Harvey? So look, so this is the thing, right? I'm, can we go ahead and break that trivia? Did yeah. You, okay, why don't you tell so, the people? Originally, the movie was cast so Martin Short would play Captain Ron and Kurt Russell was going to play Martin Harvey, but they got drunk one night and switched roles and it stuck that they flipped roles. Well, let me ask, can, why don't you tell us first? Because you're the, you're the expert of Captain Ron. Can you see it that way and why or why not? I have trouble seeing Kurt Russell playing Martin Harvey. I don't have any trouble at all seeing Martin Short playing Captain Ron. Um, he would play a different version of Captain Ron. So I found Captain Ron to be like, um, like when he meets up with Clarice, he's like this Lothario. And that's sort of how I saw him as this very like manly man. I love Martin Short. That's not the character I would see him as. I would see him more as a goofy, like he would definitely, guy. and would have had a peg leg. <laughs> he would have had a peg leg and it would, like we wouldn't have even, they, and they said they considered giving um, Kurt Russell a peg leg in addition to the eye thing, but they felt like in an already ridiculous movie, that was an extra level of ridiculousness they weren't prepared for. <laughs> so, but I could see if Martin Short had been in that role, they would have had to give him a peg leg and he would have been, like you said, jazz hand shenanigans the whole time. So I could see it that way. 
So they said that this happened after a night of drinking, that they decided to switch roles. Yes. This is what the screenwriter said. And so, like, also, I'm like, this is obviously, to me, this feels like an obvious joke. Like, movie tanks, and they're like, well, you know, we were going to have it the other way, and then we just, oh. it feels like something I would do, honestly. I mean, oh. You know, just to, like, kind of, like, screw with people a little bit. Mm-hmm. So who knows if it's yeah. real or not. My thought on the whole thing was, like, um, I was reading in some of the criticism, and it came from short playing, like, what's called in comedy the straight the straight man or whatever. And so I feel like we have to be careful with that term now because it could be taken, like, like meaning heterosexual, and that's not what we mean at all. So Although he was. That, yes, that's true. Um, that correct. Um, but versus like a more eccentric character, like I think we're all so used to seeing Martin Short play, mm-hmm. and I do see that. Not that I don't think it works as is. I totally think it worked as is. But I'm also not sure that the best version of this movie isn't the other way around. Really, I kind of with see Kurt it. Russell as Martin Harvey or another yeah. Martin Harvey. First of all, I think he could totally play that straight character very easy. Because Kurt Russell, I am like, not that you don't see like. It's funny. My reaction was a little different than yours because, like, I Kurt Russell plays a lot of serious roles, mm-hmm. so I can see him playing serious. Mm-hmm. What I'm having a little trouble with is like, I think you're right, and what you said helped a lot. What I was struggling with was like. Captain Ron is also supposed to be sexy. Mm-hmm. And Martin Short is many things, but I just don't think that th- he he's not Kurt Russell, right? right? They're two different kinds of whatever. And so I'm one, but also I started to think it could be funny to see some of that like behavior where he's like kind of hitting on the wife and kind of hitting on the daughter, but see that energy come from Martin Short. Yeah. Like I think that would have had its own um flavor of hilarity yeah right so maybe that's what they should do when they remake it yes see the only problem i have with it is i I hear you kurt russell does play a lot of serious roles and it's not the seriousness i I don't think he could do it's more the thing you mentioned a minute ago about that like borderline anxiety Mm. like that feeling of just you have this like anxious energy emanating Mm -hmm. from um from martin short and I agree with you. I think Steve Martin would play that really, really well. So well. I don't know that I could see that coming from Kurt Russell. So it would just be a little bit of a rebrand of the character. Like, I could see him playing maybe a little uptight, maybe a little by the book, but not that anxious energy that I really feel like came from the beginning. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd watch it. If they want to redo it with those same two people just flipped, I'd watch it. That I would, I would rewatch for sure. Um, so this is where I told you just pause for the cause for a second because you asked, is it um, – is this movie like realistic to sailors? Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to share that this movie is based on a real life experience that the writer John Dwyer had growing up. Um, in the 60s, his father bought a boat in Fort Lauderdale and then commissioned a captain to help them skipper it back to, ta- to Texas. Um, and what I found said his name was Captain Ron. And like the movie Ron, their captain had one eye, but also a peg leg, which as I said, they felt was too on the nose for the film. He was also drunk so much they called him Ron Rico. And then PassageMaker.com, which is one of those like nautical magazines I was talking about, um, says, During the trip to Texas, all the boat's electronics failed. The electrical system experienced multiple failures, and Ron managed to get lost on the intracoastal waterway. During a stormy passage in the Gulf, Gulf of Mexico, the Dwyer family feared for their lives in heavy seas. Ron tried to seduce Dwyer's mother. At one point, Dwyer's father threatened to throw Ron overboard. So, oh my god. We basically That's watched crazy. this band's life experience. Do you ever hear things like that and you're like, 
my life is incredibly boring. It's, you know? You know? <laughs> you know? It's, it's kind of like Almost Famous. Because that um, was also based on what's his face's um, experience, Cameron Crowe's experience. Okay. Like he is the young kid from that movie. Okay. Like okay. he literally went out, I think, with Cream, maybe, mm. or, you know, or something, some band of that kind that of banner from era. the sixties, seventies, yeah. and seventies, and um, and then he turns it into a screenplay twenty five, thirty years later, and we get to see what we get to see. Um, there is some connection. Goldie Hawn's daughter, Kate Hudson. Oh, is there in that. you go. That's her, like, uh, de- not her debut role, but it's what launches her career. Made her kind of famous. Yeah. And um, not just almost famous, <laughs> but really famous. Um, but yeah, so, and the, but I hear things like that, and I'm like, this is why I can't write a movie. <laughs> they say reality is stranger than fiction. Yeah. So you just got to keep your eyes open. So my one last thing in this sort of like umbrella category, I had one random observation that I just could not let, let pass by. We got a Dollywood reference because we're a Southern podcast. I had to mention um, that uh, Martin asked Ron if he had been to Disney World one too many times. And Ron was like, oh, no, Disney World. I've been to Dollywood before. And I just thought that was a funny reference. It was very, it was very cute. And it was in mine too because like, you know. That's what we're here for. Yeah, that's we're here for Dolly. (laughs) We're all here for Dolly. Uh, I only have one that Mm. you did not cover, uh, which goes back to you asking about like how old were their kids around this time, and that's from I found a role recall article where Kurt Russell was looking back at different characters he played, and they snuck in a Captain Ron. (laughs) So, um, but what he said is like his family was there. Martin Short's family um, also came down, and they all hung out and became friends on that movie set. That's nice. Um, And it makes me think about Adam Sandler, who just, (laughs) the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years of his career has been like, I'd really like to go to this place. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to put all my friends in the movie, and then we're just going to hang out, maybe we'll get paid a little bit for it. Go party a little bit. Yeah, which is why I'm like, Adam Sandler. (laughs) Maybe I'm a good hang. We're fun, Adam. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm not a good aim, but... We're fun, and we're looking for fun life experiences to write movies about. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Whatever it takes. And it also had me thinking, maybe we should start a South Pacific podcast. Okay. Because everyone knows on-location podcasts yes. are very important. So run that by Kyle. Okay. And let's see how it goes. This would This would be a much better episode if we had the ocean in the background. Yeah, because me going, <laughs> it's just really not. It's not doing it. Right. No offense. Um, okay, so let's let's find out reactions. Yeah, are you, are you? It's obvious what my reaction to this movie is. You hate it. I, I love it. I love it. I still own it on DVD to this day. Kyle just went through all our DVDs. I don't know if I told you this part when you mentioned where, where do you get it from. Mm. He just went through all his DVDs the other day, and there were like five that I just could not get rid of, and Captain Ron is one of them, and I own it on digital. I just can't get rid of it. I, I understand. It's a classic for me. I understand. That's how I feel about uh, like some VHSs that I can't get rid of. Yeah, I have a couple of those too. Yeah. I have no way to play them, but I have them. Right. I just need it. Just need. It's like a security blanket. That's absolutely just right. Just took that right out of my mouth. Um. So let's let's get your your hot take. Let's see what you thought about it, and then I had a rating scale for us to to play through like a regular episode. Well, the first thing I want to know is like, do you think I liked it? I think you loved it. You think I, think I you'd loved watch it. it over and over again? Okay. Willing it into existence. Okay. No, I think you I think you thought it was better. You you thought it was better than Howard the Duck and you might be compelled to rewatch it. Okay. All right. So so here's the deal. I I as I was like l- 
here's the dill pickle. As I was like looking through, I was, now I have to organize my thoughts the same way we do designing women episodes. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that I had to put it into general reactions and stray observations, but let's rip off this bandaid. I was really nervous going into this one because I did think I was going to be in another Howard the Duck debacle. <laughs> and, um, you know, I can't do that again. <laughs> I can't go there again. But honestly, I think this was a really cute movie. Oh. Almost from the very beginning, you know, I found myself at least interested. Um, it was that opening music. Well, I'll, t- I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. Okay, I think okay. um, on balance with me thinking it was very cute, with the exception of the uh, gorilla, not gorilla passengers and the pirates, it was pretty predictable, um, a little cliche. But I also think that's totally acceptable for this kind of movie. Like, I don't need that wow factor. It's not supposed to be, like, it's not an Oscar contender. Mm -hmm. And every movie doesn't need to be an Oscar contender. You need this kind of movie to, like, zone Mm -hmm. and just be. So. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Um, I don't have to throw your computer out of the window. Carry on. Good. Um, So, but circling back to what you were saying, if it got me from the very beginning, honestly, I want to spend more time with their family in Chicago. I actually like the Chicago piece Mm. the best out of the entire movie. Oh, funny. It was giving me so much nostalgia for the 90s. It also put me in that feeling of like a Home Alone kind of movie. Yeah, it felt like that yeah i and i hate to say this because it is pretty trite but it it really i could feel the simplicity relatively speaking of then versus now Mm, yeah and it did feel like a return to simpler times Mm -hmm. and there was something about that like you ate a sandwich on my map and i'm like ah that was good who had the thoughtlessness to put food on the countertop (laughs) and like now it's like um, Instagram is brainwashing my child, you know. <laughs> she won't come out of her room anymore because she's on the TikToks, you know. I mean, so it's just, I don't know. It just felt simpler. Um, so those were my general reactions. I can move into my strays unless you wanted to. No, go for it. Okay. I want to make sure I'm giving you everything you want out of this. I've heard all I need to hear. You enjoyed it. Okay. So, well, <laughs> you may change your mind Gosh darn it. Captain Ron. Came off a little creepy through a 2022 lens. I'm covering my eyes now because I... First, he came dangerously close to hitting on the daughter. (laughs) And then was fairly inappropriate with Catherine. There was a lot of touching. Um, So, you know, I'm sure it was much more comedic and probably even somewhat charming in 1992. In 2022? I don't think it was. Oh, okay, I think that was all part of his character. Really? I... I mean, I think it was kind of supposed to be like that. I think it's confusing, though, too, because I think Kurt Russell's just super charismatic. Yeah. Um, and I do think, we, but I do think we used to give more leeway for that kind of action. So I think today it's, I do think the reaction today feels a little bit more strongly than you're like, oh, that's just Captain Ron. And today it's like, whoa, buddy, chill out. I just think it's a little different. 
So that was my very first stray. I'm going to hold there in case there's something you want to say. I'm processing because, again, this is – it's hard for me to – it's really challenging. Designing women, I feel like I have a better – I have better success looking at it through 2022 lens because I didn't watch it in depth the first go-round. Yeah. This movie I've seen a billion times. And I saw a billion times in 1994, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Um, but I feel like it's always been sort of like, oh, this guy. Oh, this guy. He's 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 something different. You know, like mm-hmm. um, definitely not like holding him accountable for almost hitting on a 17-year-old. But like that's not cool. Like, But that's who he is. I mean, he's he was a only, crazy pirate. He was only 50. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the age gap is like nil. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I don't know. I got to think about that one. Yeah. Well, hilarious. just, just this gal's first blush reaction. I thought reaction. it was so funny. And but, like, it didn't bother me. Yeah. It's not like I was like, oh, I need a security blanket. It was just like, huh. On rewatch. It's creepy. It's definitely, you definitely cringe when he does that. And you're just like, it's sort of like watching the movie through your fingers. You're like, oh, my God, he's really doing this. Yeah. And, yeah, Martin Short didn't have as aggressive of reaction as you would expect. No. I think that's kind of the character that's they were my, building, that's, right? That's my daughter. <laughs> <It's so laughs> funny. I have to watch it again now. So to Catherine. I'm, I hope this isn't inappropriate. I don't know. Was that a nip slip in the shower? I feel like I accidentally saw a nipple. And oh. I was wondering if that was the partial nudity. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't remember. Because I was watching and I was like, did I just see her nipple? Um, that which, is a scene when I was a kid we'd have to watch with our eyes covered. So. Yeah, it shot. I was, it did feel very, especially with like Martin Short in the mix. <laughs> I was like, ugh, oh, I can't. Oh, God. I think I was watching it through closed fingers, you know. I was like, uh. Um, I mean, and again, like, I'm just going to remind people, I watched Game of Thrones. So it's not like I don't watch nudity. It was just, it was a little surprising in this movie. It was full body nudity out of nowhere. Like you're watching this quirky, silly, funny movie and then all of a sudden they're naked in a shower. Because they're definitely going in there to have sex. Sure. So um, this is also why it wasn't branded as a Disney movie. Right, right. So anyways, I didn't know if like I had imagined it. Well, dang, I've never noticed don't that think, before. I don't think you'll go back just for the nipple. <laughs> That's the name of my podcast. (laughs) Nikki may not attend that one. Is it going back just for the nipple or just for the nipple? Just for the nipple. Okay. Yeah. Um, You know, you got to really got to draw people in with something crisp. Um, So I I think uh, I I almost want to separate these two thoughts because I want to, I want to veer away from the nipple. But I I still want to talk about her for a second because I I need to say that I have only seen her in roles where she's a little older. Mm. So, like, she's playing the Surgeon General on West Wing or she's an FLTS (laughs) wife on Big Love. So she's just covered from from every end in clothing. From cheek to cheek. Only see her eyes. Um, And so, and then in this, she's, like, in all these tiny Caribbean outfits. And I just want to give this lady her due. She's got a super cute figure. She's so beautiful. Yeah, she's very... Very beautiful and yeah. just like the cutest figure. It's so funny. Now what, I'm creepy. And I've thought this <laughs> as long as I can remember watching this movie. Her body did not look significantly different than Meadow Sisto's body in terms of like a mother-daughter. Like what I expect right. a mother-daughter to be was not that. And and I didn't. I, I think it's amazing. Yeah. I think it was amazing. And I'm so glad that they let her dress like that and they let her be attractive and beautiful and in a bikini in the Caribbean. Yeah. Because the instinct is to put moms in skorts. 
And I think it's also awesome. And I think also that, like, just thinking about, um, I, I forgot about the MASH thing and her mm. writing and, 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 and doing all those things behind the scenes. And so I, I just think it's cool. Like, I don't, it's so difficult being a woman because on the one hand, I'm like, you should not be expected to be some sort of glam foxy whatever and also do you know mm. be a doctor and play the harp in your spare time but also be able to make an amazing cheesecake and you know I feel like we expect too much but also sometimes it's really cool when you see someone that's that beautiful and then also like they've really got something going on between their ears I hope that's okay to say um a couple of other stray observations. Just to, going back to you taking us on the tour of where we went, cool scenery, being in the Caribbean and all. I actually really liked that boat a lot. Yeah. The woodwork was really cool. It was like making me think about Peter Pan and other Disney mm. movies. So mm -hmm. I think it shows like probably they had some of this either already filmed or something was going on before they m made the change to Touchstone. Mm. Um, because it felt like you know, I mean, the Disney references, mm -hmm. the Pirates of the Caribbean references. Um, I also really loved the crash plane turned into the little restaurant. That was cute. Yeah. And I was like, of this, like, random island, how realistic is that? But I love it. And I want to I find that. But maybe it is kind of realistic. How do they get hamburgers? Uh, yeah. Well, because Americans. And how fresh are they? Oh, how fresh? Uh, super fresh. The freshest. Mm, I had questions. Yeah. Um, I, w I would give it a shot. <laughs> uh, the other, I, I wanted to give a, a kind of, maybe a bookend or just an addendum to the Dollywood reference. But, uh, so Kurt Russell saying he's never been to Disney World, but he has been to Dollywood. So apparently that's a joke that was snuck in there because Kurt Russell starred in a lot of Disney movies as a child. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting aside. Uh, funny to hear them talk about Pirates of the Caribbean. So this is 11 years before the blockbuster-sized mm -hmm. franchise. Um, and to hear them just reference it as a Disney ride mm -hmm. is kind of funny because that movie has a long shadow and legacy now of its own. And then this is not strong enough to be a dislike there's just something about this weird trope in the 90s, and I still see it pop up in places now, whether uh, it has to do with teen daughters in mm. this way that they're portrayed in like a little bit of an unflattering light. I feel like they're always on the precipice of losing their virginity and or they're like oversexed and or like constantly flaunting, flaunting themselves in like overly sexy clothes. And it feels like this movie was teetering into that a mm. little bit. They're always doing something inappropriate or stupid, you know. And uh, I was trying to think of some other examples. Um, and what came to mind for me immediately was Kelly from Mary with Children. I was Children. just thinking about her. Uh, a young Katherine Heigl in My Father the Hero oh, did some diving because I was I like, I movie. know there are some other ones. And it was like, all she could think about, she just, she just wanted to get laid, you know. Yeah. And then, and I'm not saying that doesn't happen for young women. It just feels like we make them very one note in this time period. And then there's also this other offshoot of it that's like the whole femme fatale thing with like Drew Barrymore and Poison Ivy. Mm -hmm. Then Alyssa Milano is Poison Ivy. And then whoever else we made Poison Ivy, you know. And it just, it feels a little unfair to young women. Mm -hmm. um, almost the way that we always, the, the, the teen sons always made some dork, you know, so. 
I know, like, it happens because you're just, like, trying to create these characters. You want, like, a family and you got to be quick about it, I guess. And you wanted to be able to see some sort of growth through this movie. Sure. There needed to be some lesson they learned or whatever. I feel like if this movie were made today, Ben would have been on his, like, video game console the whole time. Absolutely. And she would have been, like, head deep in TikTok. She would have been an influencer or something. Yeah, definitely. And they would have broken up with their devices by the time they got back to Miami or whatever. Sure. So. Hmm. Well, something for them to keep in mind for the next iteration. And please consult me because I have thoughts. Uh, Let's rate it like we do. Um, We're going to do it on a scale of 1 to 10 gorillas, not gorillas. Okay, so I have a question, Uh a clarifying question about the context of the scale. Are we talking about one as in one being the best, uh, or ten being the best movie ever and one being like the worst movie ever? Or are we just talking in like the most general of terms? Like one being generally a terrible movie and ten being generally a fantastic movie. I would say approach it the same way you approach rating the episodes of Designing Women. So... I don't know. Then that I'm comparing it to other episodes, which means I'm bringing, I'm going to be comparing it to other movies. Let's just say it this way. If I'm thinking in the universe of movies, then my answer is four. If I'm just talking about generally, then my answer is five, maybe six. Huh. And if you rated it on par with other early to mid 90s comedies. It's a solid 10 for me. I have no doubt. All right. Let's talk winners and losers. Selena, who slathered on your sunscreen and who gave you seasickness? I actually feel like there was a lot of winners in this one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, so like when you said at the top, like it ends with like fuzzy feelings. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does. So my first winner is Martin. I think he had the most growth. We talked about this to some extent. Like, he really comes into his own by the end of the movie. He was able to become the captain of the boat and the captain of his own destiny. Oh, that's nice. You know, so Uh winner number one. Okay. Number two, the entire Harvey family. They chose adventure and each other over monotony. And this experience brings them closer together and certainly closer than they were when they first set sail. Mm -hmm. So that's my second choice and then third is captain ron he's like just generally this happy guy and while he may be a con man it's unclear (laughs) it's unclear um he's also somehow bringing families closer together and perhaps some kind of low-key hero so eh, another winner okay and then the loser i had the pirates oh you know i mean it's an obvious answer but they were outwitted by four landlubbers Oh, good call. Who'd been only sailing for a handful of weeks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's mine. Um, I listed Catherine as my winner. Mostly, this was really challenging for me because I just think everybody's a winner in this movie. Winner for you, winner for you, winner for you. The whole movie's a winner. You know what I mean? You were here. You won. Pirates. Um, Right. But Catherine stayed level-headed regardless of everything, like, don't you think she was, like, alarmingly calm the entire movie? Mm-hmm. She's like, calm down, Martin. He just, like, gave our kids guns, you know? Like, yeah. she just was fine about everything. And I just appreciated that. We needed that level of, like, even-keeledness through the entire movie. Even-keeledness. Sort of a even-keeled thing. Mm. Sort of a winner for me. And then my loser, I just really hate that yacht broker from the beginning. Yeah. Um, Paul I Anka? Think Paul, I think he's played by Paul <laughs> Anka. Yes. 
Uh, and I just really hate that guy. We really missed that in the trivia, which is a nice Gilmore Girls connection, by the way. And there was also something, um, one of the songs in the movie is done by him, and it plays like right before, I wish I had written that one down. It plays like right before he comes out. So mm. Paul Anka is like a hidden Easter egg in the movie. He is. I, actually, you know, one person I almost wrote down as a as a loser. Loser. <laughs> yeah, just a loser. Um, was at the very beginning, the guy who was kind of like um, being really rude oh. to Martin Shoot, Short in the elevator. <laughs> Martin Shoot. Um, and he's just kind of ribbing, ribbing him a little bit about like writing something or I don't know. Anyways, he, he played Kenny on the show Frasier. There was actually a couple of uh, main Frasier characters that showed up in the movie that caught my attention. Bulldog and the station manager. Okay. Uh, He was a loser for me too. Okay. I was just looking it up because when you said for me to Google um, Dave Thomas, not Wendy's Dave Thomas. (laughs) Yeah. I was just wondering for whatever reason it flashed in my head. I was like, was that him? Oh yeah. No, but but I could. They're of similar ilk. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Okay. So the ultimate, the, the final ultimate test I'll ask you. Is this a rewatch or a reject? I mean, is this is this the ultimate test for for me and your friendship, or is this the Let's u- find out? <laughs> no stress. Find out. So I I'm gonna tell you this. It's I, I I don't know. It's either for me. Okay. I certainly would not reject it. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I'm probably not gonna rewatch it. Like, Only because you rented it and you don't own it. Now, hold, that yes, that's why. Okay. But l- hear me out, I okay? Understand. If I had watched this when I was younger, yeah. like, I probably would feel very differently. I don't have the same attachment as you do. Yeah. Case in point, have you ever seen the movie Willow? No. Okay. This is a movie with Val Kilmer. Um, this is a movie that meant a lot to me growing up. I loved it. It's great. They're actually, one of the reasons I said, you'll probably get the chance to watch Captain Ron on Disney Plus is because mm. Willow is being made into like a 10 part series. Oh. Okay. And this was a movie from the late 80s, I want to say. Loved it. Mm. I could sit down and watch it right now and I would enjoy it. Is it because it's the most amazing movie or is it because I have nostalgia in my heart for it? Probably more because I have nostalgia in my heart for it. So it's similar to that. Mm, I get it. Like, but if you sat down and watched it today, you probably try and kill me afterwards. Probably. So. Yeah. So folks, are you enjoying our movie reviews? Or is there something that you think we need to review next? Let us know. You know how to find us, or you will again shortly, when I run through the myriad of ways. Also, it's your turn, Nikki. It's your turn next time. If the people will it to be, you Selena. You Machiavellian. If the people will it to be. Jedi mind. No, we're not putting it in the people's hands again. <laughs> we have to. You're done, people. I feel like Doc Hollywood... Can you, you've I never, to watch that. You've never seen it. I was it. really upset. I was really hoping that one would win out. Okay, so we may uh, just... Like you said, we're not putting it to the people next time. Selena already said that. She doesn't love the way you guys think. We might need to do it because it really is a perfect dovetail for the show. Like, this is totally random. The only dovetail. To, there was a connection. Mary sure. Kay Place. Um, but there's really no connection to our podcast. But Doc Hollywood is, like, in our wheelhouse. It is totally in our wheelhouse. It is an enjoyable movie. I have nostalgia for it, but I feel like you also will enjoy it. It's enjoyable. 
Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff we could talk about. Yeah, I can I can tell it's one that I would really have gone for. So I was I think I was a little let down by that. Also, like Thelma and Louise is a fantastic movie. And if you think you've seen it, you have not seen it, and you need to go watch Thelma and Louise. But you're big girl pants on and go watch Thelma and Louise everyone because it is a very important movie that's all I'll say there <clears throat> it didn't sound like judging from our uh, Patreon's reaction it did not sound like it's something that everybody loves I'm trying to find real quick I'm trying to pull up the post where um, Teresa Gregory says block Thelma and Louise I don't trust Teresa's taste in movies i think teresa she loved right polly shore so i love polly shore i told you y'all have the exact same not so great taste in movies you're lucky i didn't make you watch um son-in-law son-in-law this is like i'm due to watch it in the next couple of days it's my thanksgiving tradition you are so lucky i'm not making you watch that i agree i love polly shore polly shore if you hear this you're a delight and Selena doesn't appreciate you. Don't come on the podcast. Please come on the podcast. I would talk to you <laughs> I'm all day kidding. long. I'm just kidding. I would still talk to you. He, um, he is so, um, his life story. Like, I would just love to talk to him about his life. Yeah. He's seen some stuff. Yeah, he's seen Good and bad. Yeah. Anyway. So, son-in-law next season? Oh, sorry. That's not where we were. <laughs> son-in-law. I can't believe I'm saying it. But coming at you soon. Sweet tea and TV's take on Designing Women Season 4. Holy moly. We'd love everyone to follow along with us and engage. I'm doing my best, Nikki. <laughs> Flipping the script today. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV. Email SweetTeaTVPod at gmail.com or message us from our website at www.SweetTeaTV.com. We also accept carrier pigeons. <laughs> If you're enjoying what you hear, there are some really easy ways that you can support us. Tell your friends. We don't even have to know about it. But if you're enjoying it, maybe you of like mind will also enjoy it as well. Uh, rate and review us. That is an excellent free way to engage with us and doesn't help cost others. You a thing. Doesn't cost you a thing. Just your time. <laughs> your attention <laughs> and your five-star rating. And finding it. But we would seriously appreciate it you can also engage with us on social media you got feedback for us we love it we love feedback the good the bad the ugly also i hear a good movie so email us dm us contact us from the website we're very findable and thank you for joining us for another <laughs> i'm sorry is this what i sound like every week no i think this is my interpretation <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i'm being sold tupperware <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another season of Sweet Tea and TV. And heads up, guys, we're taking a break for the holidays, for the holidays. But we'll be back in the new year. So if you're new to the show, this is the perfect time to catch up or go re-listen. I'm sure it's wonderful on a second listen. We listened to it a few <laughs> times so that there are less mistakes in it. <laughs> For now, stick around for a special edition of Grits Blitz. It's going to be nautical, y'all. So you know what that means by now, don't you? What does it mean, Selena? We'll see you around the bend. Bye. Ahoy, matey. Oh, my God. 
I was not prepared for that. And welcome to a special edition of Grit Splits. Arg. I see now. I see that comment where you said, but if you think this is cheesy, we can scrap the whole thing. I see where it was coming from now. Arg! <laughs> oh, you walked the plank. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. According to Cruise Seekers International. So. <laughs> so. There may have been some typos in the article. Don't worry about it. Many phrases that have been adopted into everyday use originate from seafaring. In particular, from the days of sail. Yar. I added the yar. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't get to, I don't get, you don't, it's not really appropriate to imitate accents. Right. So this feels like the one place where I can really lean in. I say go for it, Selena. You know what? Have fun. So hop aboard, ye land lovers. For today, we test Nikki's nautical knowledge. Can she guess which phrases are... Nautical by nature. <laughs> She's cracked herself up. Nikki, I'm going to say a term or a phrase, and you'll tell me nautical or not. <laughs> These are like the only games I can do. Nautical or not-ical. <laughs> <laughs> or not, K-N-O-T, as in the All measure. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't know. That is, this now common phrase, did or did not originate on the sea. You get two points if you don't need a definition, one if you do. Obviously, the definition may not be real. Oh, so no. bear that in mind. Oh, no. <clears throat> do we want steaks, S-T-A-K-E-S? I have a few in mind for you. Sure, yeah. All right, so let's do something with the twist. If you get a majority right. You're sending me on a cruise? Let's break into my Nespresso advent calendar early. Sorry. You can, hey, if you can come up with something better, we'll talk That's about it. I not can't, a cool in nature. I cannot afford you a cruise. <laughs> All right. If you Advent get a majority calendar. wrong, you can also, if you come up with something else, you let me know. We'll, we'll <laughs> try it on for size. Okay. We might be able to work that out. If you get a majority wrong, you get to sing a Christmas song to take us out of the episode. Don't worry. I've looked up some that you can sing without oh, threat oh no. of a law repercussion. Okay. What do you think? Sounds good. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. All right. I'm nervous. Then that's what it is. I don't sing well. I find that hard to believe. Chalk a block. Is it nautical or is it not? It is nautical. Okay. Do you want to hear the definition? No, man, because I lose points if I do. No, no, no. If you make your choice and then you can or cannot. Oh, okay. Well, definitely if it's not going to so cost me points. So you're choosing nautical. Yes. You are correct. Here's the definition according to blah, 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 dot com. A block and tackle is a pulley system used on sailing ships to hoist the sails. The phrase describes what occurs when the system is raised to its fullest extent, mm. when there is no more rope free and the blocks jam tightly together. Predictably, this led to its current meaning, cram so tightly together as to prevent movement. I love the word cram. <laughs> All right, so I got two points, right? Should I be two keeping points. score? Yeah, keep score. Okay. Number two. Get the ball rolling. Nautical or not. Get the ball rolling. 
And just remember, you can have the definition if you so deem it that you want the definition. (laughs) (laughs) Get the ball rolling. So well spoken. You know what? I'm going to say you can still have the definition. Oh, it's hard when you want to chase down those two points, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. Okay, give me the definition. Ship cannons were notoriously unreliable for many reasons, from coming loose on the deck of a pitching, rolling, and yawing deck to faulty projectiles. To get the ball rolling signaled a good start and well-working cannon. Today, the phrase has morphed into common workplace jargon. And so you're saying you could be lying to me? Any definition could be true. Any I don't think it's nautical. You don't think it's nautical. I don't. But can you tell me what you thought of that definition? That's a good definition. Because I wrote it. Yeah, it sounded, I, it was believable. I was torn between whether it had something to do with cannons or like bullets. Or if it had something to do with like the pulley lever system. And is there like a red, there's a red, in my mind it's a red ball that goes up. And it was just like, no, that, that all seems fake to me. Okay. So... You have three points. Three points. So I only get one point since I got the definition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Filibuster. Nautical or not. Filibuster. I'm also looking Nikki I know. dead in the eye. And like enunciating really strongly. <laughs> it's feeling aggressive <laughs> now. I'm um, so nautical. Filibuster. Yes, it's nautical in nature. That is... Correct. Oh, thank God. Do you want to hear the answer? Yes. I mean, the definition? I'm feeling like it has something to do with, like, sea battles. Buccaneers were sometimes known in England as filibusters. From the Dutch for freebooter or freebooter, translated into French as filibuster, filibustier. It is now used as a political term meaning to delay or obstruct the passage of legislation as opposed to sailing vessels by nonstop speech making. Hmm. I'm going to tell you. Are their definitions true? <laughs> I don't know. That You're I just doing the best you can with what you got. I'm just doing exactly that. I so, understand. There's that. The next one. To land and expand. Nautical or not? I have never heard of that. To land and expand. You had heard of chock-a-block? Uh-huh. I've never heard of that. You've never heard someone say, like, this cup is chock-a-block full of hot coffee. Oh, I've heard him say chock-full. Oh. Yeah, chock-a-block. Okay, now you've, descri- you've distracted Sorry. me. This is, this is part. She calls me the mastermind. To land and expand, nautical or not. Are you Googling? No, I'm looking at my points. <laughs> I'm looking at my points. I'm thinking about what the last one I can tell you all my secrets. Uh, yes, it's nautical in nature. It is not nautical Dog in nature. on it. I knew it. Can I give you the definition? Yes, please. I made this up. Okay. <clears throat> Seafaring was a particularly dangerous endeavor, and unfortunately, many sailors died at sea. Captains would sometimes need to recruit large numbers to replace men once returning to port. Today, it means to sell a small solution to a client with the goal of later convincing the client to expand their purchase. Is that it, last part is true. That last part's true. Yeah. Okay. Because then I started wondering, is this even a real term? I've never <laughs> heard of land and expand, and so now I'm just treating it like it's real. But it really is. Yeah. Okay. 
What'd you think? Not nautical. This is I'm like, I just wanted to know what you think of my definition. Well, it's good. I would have believed it. What's that? It would have made me say it was nautical in nature. What's that game um, where you make up? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I love that game. I can't remember the Balderdash. Balderdash. I was like blooper or something. It's one of the very few games that I've ever liked. I think it's a goodie. <clears throat> All right. You've got three more. Are you ready? Holy crap. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I can speed it up. I got <clears> zero <throat> points. No, I just want to, I want to, I want points. Yeah, yeah. Fits the bill. Yes, that's nautical in nature. Nautical or not? <laughs> yes, that's nautical in nature. <laughs> All right, do you want to, you are correct. Do you oh, want to hear you. the definition? I do. A bill of lading was signed by the ship's master acknowledging receipt of specified goods and the promise to deliver them to their destination in the same condition. Upon delivery, the goods were checked against the bill to see if it was all in order. If so, they fit the bill. Okay. There you go. I found it... We should link to this because I was amazed by all the terms in there. I just picked some that I thought like might work for this segment, but... What is that about? Like... I don't feel like there was that much seafaring going on. Like, of course, at one point in time, it was the only way to travel, but but it was such a dangerous way. Like, were there that many people on the high seas? I don't know. And if there were, why did it take so long to discover certain areas? They kept getting lost by Captain Ron. Jeez Louise. In the offing, nautical or not? In the offing. Uh, can I hear your definition? You absolutely can hear a definition. <laughs> is it mine? Is it not? Only time will tell. <laughs> I don't know. This phrase is quite simple to understand once you know that the offing is the part of the sea that can be seen from land, excluding those parts that are near the shore. Early texts also refer to it as an often, O-F-F-E-N, or often, O-F-F-I-N. A ship that was about to arrive was... In the offing. Therefore imminent, which is how the phrase is used today. I'm going to say it's nautical in nature, or nautical in, like, roots. And if it's not, then you just slap me across the face with that definition, because that sounds real. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I wrote that definition. That sounds real. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. I did not write <laughs> That's correct. It is nautical. Uh, I was like... One point. If I am wrong, then that was the best written definition I've ever heard in my life. Dang it. I want to be the best written definition that you've I'm ever sorry. read. You got to come life. up with words like often and then spell it multiple ways. I mean, I would give it a go. I was going to say it was real before you even read the definition. So now I'm just annoyed that I lost a point mm-hmm. by hearing that stupid definition. Mm-hmm. That stupid, not well written definition that wasn't yours. That's right. Because <laughs> mine would be wonderful. Um, okay. So the very last one is son of a gun. Is it nautical? Or is it not? Son of a gun. No. Incorrect. Ah, dang it. The answer is that it is nautical. Okay. When in port and with the crew restricted to the ship for any extended period of time, wives and ladies of easy virtue, I did not write this, often were allowed to live aboard along with the crew. Infrequently, but not uncommonly, children were born aboard. And a convenient place for this was between guns on the gun deck. If the child's father was unknown, they were entered into the ship's log as son of a gun. Probably a sanitized version of, you guessed it, son of a bee, despite the various folk etymologies. 
What? That's crazy. So there's just all these women laid up between the guns delivering babies, and then dad's, like, maybe not owning them? I want to go back to something I said in the beginning. These feel like scallywags to me. Crew Seekers International. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like maybe that is right. I could see that happening. Although, like, at some point in time, wasn't it, like, bad luck to have women aboard? That sounds right. And Not if they're ladies of easy virtue. That's good luck. Nine months pregnant. I don't know, man. That's crazy. So what What was the score I was aiming for? <laughs> I oh, got yeah. eight points. You got, uh, you needed to get a majority right. So don't worry about the, the point system actually didn't matter. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There were seven. And how many did you get right? Five. That's a majority. In some version, I got five right. We're going to break up that advent calendar. All right. Yeah. So you don't have to sing a Christmas song unless you want to. Did you want well, to sing what a Christmas What were my songs? options? Uh, Christmas songs not under copyright are your options. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not singing four minutes of it. I can do ten seconds. No, you should. Yeah, we'll have you sing us out with um, Away in a Manger, Deck the Halls. Jingle Bells feels good because that's jingle easy. Jingle Bells. Well, jingle don't, not bells. yet. Oh. <laughs> You don't think never mind. You don't think I Mom just yelled at me and made me cry all over town. (laughs) You don't think that I didn't write something to take us out? Oh, okay, good. And then at the end of that you can wrap us up with jingle bells, okay? Probably not jingle bell rocks. I assume that one is copyright. (laughs) (laughs) Not if I don't know the words. Don't run afoul (laughs) of the copyright law. If it's indistinguishable because I can't keep in tune and I can't carry a tune, then it doesn't count. Well, or you could, is it different enough? Like if you sing Jingle Bell Crock. Yes. To the crock pot. Yes. Yeah. So there might be something there. So be thinking on that while you hear this excellent outro. Okay. All right. All right, y'all. It's time for these two Southern ladies to set sail. We wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a joyous Kwanzaa, Feliz Navidad. Whatever you celebrate, may this season be filled with joy, merriment, love, and celebration. And what we're trying to say is, Happy Holidays, y'all! See you in 2023. We wish you a merry jingle bell rock. We wish you a merry jingle bell rock. We wish you a merry jingle bell rock. And jingle all the way. Deck the halls.